3: This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be talking about the importance of staying focused. Your ultimate success as an entrepreneur is dependent on your ability to identify your path and stay on it. You don't want to miss our Business Builder segment, so stay tuned. It's up in a bit, but first, it's our success interview. Today, we are talking with financial wellness specialist, Kara Ladekis. Kara has carved out an interesting niche in the market. She helps educators plan for their retirement. Finding an unserved niche and really owning it is essential for business success. So we're going to talk about why she identified this particular niche and how Kara is serving it. I'm really excited to hear her great insights and strategies in today's
4: conversation. But let's get started. Welcome, Kara. Well, thanks, Janelle. That was fantastic. I'm really happy to be here. I'm
3: excited for our conversation. It's a little bit different than some of the ones we've had, but I think it's one that's really important. And before we get started with that, I'd love to ask my guests to start by sharing a little bit about how they created their business, and how it's evolved, how it's gotten
4: to where you are today. All right, perfect. Well, I am a financial wellness specialist, and my passion is to empower you with knowledge like you've never been taught before in the past, creating an income that you will never outlive. And that is unfortunately, is the very reason why retirees are working at Walmart. They have outlived their money. So the way I started my niche actually, four years ago, I fell into it. <laughs> I fell into the niche market, which, um, with a financial company helping school districts and staff, not just teachers, plan for their retirement. Now, there's only three companies that I know of that actually do this niche, and I happen to be one of them. I uh, recently have been asked to uh, help the sheriff's department and a few county workers as well at the beginning of this month. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Interesting. So tell
3: me, you know, I think people um, – you know, plan to one day retire, but they really don't think about what that means. And I would love to know from, from you, how do you start to have that conversation about what it takes to retire, how they have to think about money differently so that they can make sure they've got enough to live the way they want to live?
4: Yeah, that is the challenge. It's really a challenge, Janelle. And it's, cha- it's the biggest challenge with the younger generation. They don't get it. And it's very unfortunate. They feel as though they have, quote, all the time in the world to get it together. Mm-hmm. And how I leverage that conversation is, firstly, we need to have, I need to have, someone that's actually interested in having that conversation. Not everybody is my ideal client. Um, Although I present myself out there to the schools and the teachers and the staff and the sheriff's department and county workers, I need to be introduced. I need to be introduced by someone in charge, and that's how I normally do it. They know I'm coming there. They know I'm going for a specific purpose, and that is to set the appointment to speak to them privately about their retirement needs because everybody's different, Mm -hmm. and that's how it starts. Most of the time when I'm just out there in the world speaking to people or um, in networking events, they are not there looking specifically for retirement um, planning strategies and conversations.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Does that make sense? And No, it
3: does. And I think a lot of things that people are doing, they're, they're working, they're making money, they are doing it because they've got an end goal in mind, whether that's mm-hmm. to travel, to be able to do things with their family, to retire. And yeah, I think it's like a lot of the conversations that we have with entrepreneurs. They have to be interested in okay. having the conversation. Oftentimes, we, we start a business or we start something because we're passionate about it, because we know that it's going to make a difference. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of pieces that go into it. There's a lot of people that have great information I believe, that will help entrepreneurs and business owners Mm -hmm. build and grow a business. But oftentimes, when it's an area that we're not familiar with, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to see the potential and to be open to those conversations. So how do you get someone, because I think we can use this in a lot of different areas, how do you Mm -hmm. get someone to start to see that what you have to share is something that can fundamentally change their future. Well,
4: when I'm actually um, having a conversation with someone that's other than a um, school member or a county worker, because they already know I'm there for a reason, when I'm having a conversation with somebody else, I ask them questions. I ask them lots of questions. I want to know what their goal is. I want to know what they have in place now. If anything, I would like to know how, what you said. Do they want to travel? Do they have, like my most recent lady, 17 grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren, and six children? You know, she Mm -hmm. wants to be able to provide for these people. Um, She wants to leave a legacy. So everybody's different, and I do have after, I mean, I might be doing this four years, but I do have, you know, questions that I ask people to get them to tell me where they are now and where they want to go in the future. Because really, Janelle, we only have 15 to 20 years in retirement. That's not a long mm-hmm. time. And we need to make sure that we have enough money now for then, because I can tell you another uh, truth is that what you have now, you're living on 100% of what you have now. 15 years, 20 years from now, when you retire, I can tell you that 100% you're living on now will not be the same amount of money. It will be, you will need approximately $1 million 15 years from now, To live on, in your retirement, what you're living on at 100% right now. Did that explanation make sense? It does. It does. And I think
3: it's interesting because when we talk to someone about starting or building a business, we tell them that it's so important to start with the end in mind. And I think you're doing that a lot with your questioning and really getting people to rethink. Um, when they, maybe their traditional, um, thoughts have been about retirement, about what they're doing, maybe about what they've seen, you know, their parents do. We see that with business owners all the time. They watch other business owners and think they've got it. They know what it is, but there's so many pieces that go into it that no one ever thinks about and
4: often doesn't even talk about. Right. Exactly. I mean, these things were not talked about when I grew up. I grew up in the 80s. In the Mm -hmm. 80s, I mean, that was not long ago. I'm only 54 years old. That was not a long time ago chronologically, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, in the 80s, we were depending on Social Security to take care of us it was a cash society. If you did have a checking account, you got real interest on that in dollars. <laughs> now, now you get point zero one or point zero two percent of, uh, uh, for an interest rate, you know, thank you for letting us borrow all your money for this period of time, 30 days. We're going to give you a uh, uh, one, point of a penny in mm-hmm. thank you money <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right
3: right and, but you know it as you're talking it really does make me think of entrepreneurship and business and it, life in general because things shift um, they you know they, they say that, uh, you know, often like there's those 20-year cycles and things go around. I think mm-hmm. that I mean, technology has changed, access has changed, information has changed. So mm-hmm. it's really important that when you're going into a venture, whatever it is, thinking about today, thinking about building a business, mm-hmm. thinking about retirement, that you're really open and Listen, and I always love to tell people that, you know, I think the ones that are the most successful are the ones that are true learners because they're oh, not yeah. set in doing it a particular way. They're mm-hmm. set in, you know, knowing that there's a lot of different ways that you can do it and they're open to learning what those are. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're willing to say there's a different perspective, a different way that they can do
4: things. Absolutely. That is, that is one of my biggest challenges to find people that are open to looking at something differently. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm really good when I sit with people. I'm really good at my, at my craft. I'm really good mm-hmm. in my business. Um, so, and I explain things really well. People always tell me that uh, after our appointment and... Mm-hmm. I feel that once they decide they need this knowledge and they're open to it, like you said, doing something a different way, maybe even the millennials or younger people, different than what their parents did or told them to do just 15 years, 20 years earlier, which isn't a long time. Those are the people that I'm able to um, have the best conversations and connections with.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, you said something that I think is really important. Um, They need to decide that they need this knowledge. I think so often when people are talking to potential clients and customers, they know that what they have to offer is really valuable. But you can have the best product and service, but if the person that you're talking to doesn't see that, doesn't see how it will impact them, how it will help them, then there's a a disconnect. There's not a match. Uh, The person Mm -hmm. you're talking to has to really see it. So our job is to ask those right questions, have that kind of help educate with statistics or with information, but really get people to kind of take them down that garden path, so to speak, so that they see that they really need it. When When they do, then... They'll ask those buying signals. They'll do those things that will help you be able to move, you know, forward and be able to then present how you can help them.
4: Right. And the most, the biggest thing that I like to stress is what's called quote, the cost of waiting unquote. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. ever heard of that before, but the cost Mm -hmm. of waiting is when you're younger, it costs a whole lot less than when you're older 10, 15, even 20 years, to put something in place now than it will be later.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Plus, when you're younger, the more you put away, the quicker it's going to grow. Right. And the longer you wait, the cost of waiting is the fact that you won't have as much as you need to retire on. So therefore, I mean, have you ever thought about why those, the retirees, 65, 82, I met an 82-year-old man at Walmart two days ago. Do you know why he's there? You know why those people are there? It's because they've outlived their income. They did not plan properly. And then it goes right back to what I said in the 80s, just the 80s, 30 years, 20 years ago, even farther back. When these 65, 80-year-old people, they weren't taught these things about money, so therefore, they don't have enough money to live on. And, mm-hmm. and the, the rates and the costs of everything, goods and services, are just going up and up and up. Therefore, you need more and more and more money.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to continue the conversation, but first we have to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about ROI and the cost of waiting. This is Chanel McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
5: Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Visit monetizemenow.com for details.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products That earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This
3: is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with Kara Bardakis. Kara has carved out an interesting niche. She helps educators plan for their retirement. And before the break, we were talking about how it's really important to ask the right questions and really help people see for themselves that they need the knowledge that you are offering. I really think that's, that's really what I took away from that, and I think that's key to really getting people to want to know more about what you do and how you can help them. So if you missed it, please be sure and go back and listen to that. And just before break, and I just want to finish this conversation, Kara, and then I want to talk about um, mentorship and kind of the journey that, that we go on to get to where we are. You were talking about the cost of waiting, and what that made me think of was really the ROI. And I think with everything we do, whether we're networking, whether we're looking for clients, whether we're building our business, it's really important to understand that cost of waiting. Waiting that ROI, taking action today or waiting till next year, five years down the road. Um, I think that's really important to understand that you've got to weigh that when you're making your decisions because I think that really helps you then make intentional decisions. What do, what do you think?
4: Oh, definitely. Absolutely. When I uh, sit with a client, I actually have a specifically designed um, program that I plug in all the information that we talk about, and, um, then I all, I do three illustrations. I do an illustration what it would cost today to mm-hmm. take action, and I do an illustration next year if you wait, and how much money that is actually going to cost you to wait one year. And then I do another illustration two years, and then everyone will see exactly what the cost of waiting is in monetary terms. Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of times people tend to say, I'll just wait, but they really don't think about what it's costing them not to do it. Sometimes it's absolutely the right decision, but other times I believe that they absolutely do need to take action and. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to really think about what is it costing you to wait and not take action today and what is the return when on the investment when you're making the decision today or when you're waiting. So be sure to, um, to check that out. I'd love to shift our conversation just a little bit, Kara, and ask you um, and talk a little bit about mentorship because on the break we were talking about that. And I think it's so important. So often when companies are starting out and it really sounds like it was your journey getting to where you are today, you start out doing something more broad and as you move down that path, it gets more specific over time, and you really find what you love, what you're passionate about, how you can help people and and get to that niche. But I'd love to have you share just a little bit about what you think the value of mentorship
4: is and um, how that affects your journey. Oh, mentorship is huge for me. I think that For myself, the only way that I have improved over the last, oh my gosh, 23 years in this business total, Mm -hmm. um, has found what has been to find somebody that is better than me. Mm -hmm. I want somebody that's better than me, that knows more than me, that is more advanced and experienced than me so that they can pull me up pull me up to another level that I believe that I was meant to go because Mm -hmm. I've met that individual. I have mentors that I have had since 2007 that started out as my mentors or basically boss, (laughs) so to speak, and now they're still in my life 10, 11 years later. Mm-hmm.
3: interesting. You know, I, I was having a conversation with someone a couple months ago, and it was interesting because I think that different generations also sometimes think of it differently. And I know for me, I got someone when I was just starting out um, in my 20s, I got someone who really mentored me and took me under their wings, and I learned so much from her. And I think it's really important to, when you meet someone, to go into and be open to learning and be, you know, realize that they're doing it for the right reason, with the right intention, not to try to control what you do, but to really stretch you and help you be the best. And I think when you do that, it can really open you up to incredible possibilities. Oh, I
4: agree. Totally.
3: Totally. Totally. So what would you say to someone just starting out today um, when they say, you know, I know what I need, I've got it, I'm good, what Mm -hmm. advice would you give to them based on what you've learned to help them maybe think a little bit differently about how someone can help them?
4: In business, in finances, or just in general? You know, In any or all. Okay. So for myself, I don't quit. I never stop learning. I make daily goals. I do uh, self-improvement podcasts, videos, books. I love books. I, I love to have my books, hold my books, dog-ear the pages you know i just love my books i have a lot of books that i read i pass Mm -hmm. them around to people that are also interested in growing and expanding their knowledge Mm -hmm. i would say read daily of course um always learn your craft never stop learning your craft and and it's a huge mistake to think that oh i got this so Mm -hmm. I might have 23 years in my industry total, right? But I can Mm -hmm. tell you, I do not got this. I do not have every bit of knowledge that I need because Mm -hmm. everything is forever changing, changing and growing and evolving. And there's no way that you could stop learning. When you stop learning, you become stagnant, right? You Mm -hmm. don't grow. You don't right. change, and and what is stagnation? It's like a pond that doesn't move; the water doesn't move, and it becomes well smelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my visual for somebody that would say, "Oh, I got this," and isn't growing mm-hmm. or isn't moving up the ladder.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know as you're saying that, you know, it makes me think of when I've gone to conferences, and I've been to the e Network International Conference now for eight years, and it's interesting because some of the information is the same, and there's a lot of things that are new, but even the mm-hmm. information that's the same, and I always challenge people on this, because I'm not the same person I was when I went the very first time, than, you know, that I was when I went the eighth time, so because I'm at a different point, I hear even the same information differently because I'm taking a different piece of it away. And I think people forget about that sometimes. I also think when someone's listening to something, I always challenge people that you're hearing it for a reason. It's happening because it's something that you need to hear. You may not understand why, and that's our responsibility to figure that out. But even if it's a product or service that Someone's not interested in buying. I think that you can learn a lot by watching someone and how they deliver it, how they talk about it, how they position it. And you can pull one or two things out of it. So I think everything is a learning opportunity. I think sometimes it's too easy to discount it and say, that doesn't apply to me. But I always challenge people to look at things as, what can I learn from it? what can i take away and i when you change that mindset it changes everything in how right. we learn and grow i believe
4: absolutely
3: so what do you think is next for you, How do you take, you've narrowed down your niche, which I love because I think you've gotten real clarity on that and how you want to help people. What do you think is next in kind of that um, journey, just in your growth and helping people?
4: Well, that's a great question because I was recently approached by someone that is building their... Um, their business and the way that they are working their businesses, they're looking for people to connect with other people that they know. Mm-hmm. So this individual approached me just blindly, coldly, um, and we had a conversation, while, and, and I'm always opening, open to listening to people. You know, so we had a conversation and um, he said that he would like to introduce me to city workers. I know I mentioned this before, city Mm -hmm. workers, the sheriff's department and um, other um, county workers and that he has he knows that there's a need for what I offer in those sectors. And he's absolutely correct. And mm-hmm. my company does focus on that sector as well. However, mm-hmm. I've never been introduced to that. I've never gone after that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the answer to your question is, that's what's next for me. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like the last uh, um, 10 years of my life and my business, it, I, it just fell into my lap. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's amazing once you open yourself up to the world and opportunities and possibilities and, and say, oh, I don't know what you would have to offer me and not have a conversation with that individual. That is a person that's sadly mistaken. So everybody has something valuable to offer you. All you've got to do is listen for it, like you said, and find Absolutely. a way to take something positive out of it. A golden nugget. I'm always looking for golden nuggets. Mm.
3: That's, um, that's great advice um, as we close our conversation. And I think it's about being open, and I think it's about... Showing up and being present and just really being open to those opportunities. So, thank you so much for sharing that. So, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you're doing?
4: That's great. Thank you. So, since I do my appointments individually, one by one, and I'm only interested in speaking with people that are interested in this information. I would ask them to phone me, and I'd be happy to give you my phone number right here if you'd like. Okay, absolutely. It is 602-726-9226, and I spell my name K-E-R-A. Perfect. Thank you
3: very much, and thank you so much for your time and sharing today. It's been a great conversation. Oh,
4: thank you.
3: We need to take another real quick break, and when we cut back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is John L. McConnelly, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
5: I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs.
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about when good enough is good enough for you.
1: I'm really excited about this conversation because we hear it over and over again that people spend so much tra- time trying to get it perfect trying to do just a little bit more and at some point we have to ask the question when is it good enough
2: well you know absolutely and I think that I've found one of the things that holds many coaches, speakers, and authors back is their drive for perfection. I know certainly it's one of my issues as well. And uh, you've likely heard that phrase or that uh, that quote that uh, we're often our own worst critics, and that that's absolutely the case. It's you know for me when I'm creating something, it's it's always just I have so many great ideas that it's kind it's hard to just stop and. And you always want it to be just a little better, just a little better, just a little better. And so, um, you know, that's a challenge. It's really a challenge for a lot of people, and um, it's something that you really need to work with. It's you know, the question is the key, or the key is to know when it's time to stop creation and start offering. Well,
1: you know, it's it's interesting because probably, gosh, I lose track of time. You know that, but probably what 12 years or so ago when I was in my master's program and I had to write a paper and I know you kept saying just turn it in be done with it and I kept rewriting it and rewriting it and it had to be emailed to the professor by midnight and if it was late after that I got a one-grade penalty so I had to make the choice do I send it as it was or do I rewrite it and know the best I can do is get a B? And I push the send button and guess what? I got an A. And to me, that was the big aha moment of learning about good enough. Because I think you're absolutely right. We all keep thinking we got to do just a little bit more, a little bit more. And it's so important to get into action and don't let a little, needing a little bit more Put you in paralysis and not get into movement because it really is. So how do people know that the time is right? When do they? When can they say it's good enough?
2: Well, this is really the the key because we're not talking here about lowering your quality standards, and that's really important for people to understand. It's not that you're willing to to put out something that's of low quality. Um, what we're really talking about here is. Is stepping back and coming to the realization that your gauge of high quality is likely much higher than everybody else's outside of you uh, and what I mean by that is we, we always again back to that you, a lot of times that your own we are our own worst critics um, you know we'll pick apart and pick apart and pick apart a A document or a presentation or a course or whatever it is and um, most people wouldn't even notice that it was there they wouldn't even notice that that it could have been better so it's really important to know when that time is and there's a couple of secrets for knowing when it's the right time or when it's good enough you know first the the biggest uh, advice I could offer people is to make sure that you set clear objectives when you start the creation process so you need to know what the end product will look like when you start and that will really help you if you know the audience you're going to be uh, addressing be it again a book a course whatever it is and you know what the key objectives you have are and what you want those uh, clients to walk away with and what knowledge you want them to walk away with and then you keep that foremost in your mind as you're creating anything that doesn't support that vision then is not included. Um, The second thing is really though, to keep track of those ideas you get. As I said earlier, I get lots and lots of ideas while I'm in the creation process. Um, And so what I like to do is I keep a written list of those ideas as I'm going along. So I'll just jot them down either in Word or Excel or, or just on a piece of paper but just write them down so you have all those ideas in one place and then when you get to the point where you're ready to uh, implement so you're ready to actually start offering um, you you take a look at that list and you say well are there any things on this list that really i have to include uh, or it won't be a complete product or are they just ideas for making it better um, and if you think about it, you know, every company goes through this, every product company goes through this issue. Uh, if you look at the software world, they're always creating new uh, features, new functions, new things it'll do. And, and there's a very specific process that they follow to cut off development and release the product and then put the, the next enhancements into the next release and so it's really important I think for people to use that process or some version of that process uh, no matter what it is they're creating not just software but book you know again writing a book creating a course creating a talk or presentation whatever it is that you you set a very clear limit and then when you get to that limit you release you go ahead and say it's good enough let's go ahead and do it and the reality is you know a lot of times you're going to learn a lot the first time you deliver it and so a lot of things you didn't anticipate so you're going to have a revision cycle anyway after you've given it once or twice
1: well i think that's a really good point for people to remember that there is a revision cycle that what sounds good on paper and looks great In application or the way people respond to it isn't always the same. And that's okay. It's kind of thinking on your feet, it's trying it a little bit differently, it's seeing what additional language do you need. I think that's really important for people to know. You know, and we all want to be. Seen as great, and I think we are our own worst critic because we think that if it doesn't have everything that we've spent years and years learning, that it's not exactly what someone needs. And we need to take a step back because they're just starting out at the beginning, they're not where we are. When you know, I think you always use the example, you know, when you don't have a car. A basic car is just fine. You don't need a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. You just need something that's got four wheels that's going to get you where you need to go. So start at the beginning and just know that it's going to be great. The right people are going to be there and get it.
2: Yeah, I think there's a a couple of really important things that you just said. I mean, one is that the the whole idea of uh, making sure you have the right amount so that if you're a beginning student, you're not gonna get overwhelmed. And it's go back to the car analogy that, you know, if you don't have anything at all, and if a student's coming in or a client's coming in with nothing at all, um, you you wanna give them enough that they can make some improvements in their life or their business, but you don't wanna give them so much that they're overwhelmed. And I know we've talked about overwhelming them uh, overwhelming clients in previous business builders um, and, and I can tell you in a, a number of years of, of doing this I've never met a coach uh, a speaker or an author that wanted to put too little in their offering they always want to put too much always always and so it's a matter of really cutting that back to what's really just essential and leaving the rest um out that's part of this good enough idea it's you know it's good enough to get somebody started don't overwhelm them trying to as you said make it a ferrari or lamborghini that most of us if we got into and tried to drive wouldn't have really i mean we might be able to do it a little bit but there's so many electronic gadgets that you know we'd be lost and that's the same thing for your clients is that if you give them all the gadgets and all the buttons and all the the capability they're going to get lost it's all in all likelihood they're going to be lost so it's important
1: you know i think it's really important for people to ask themselves what do i need to deliver and go back to as you said in the beginning really focus on what you're trying to accomplish because i think that'll help you know how much to put into it what to be doing and Realize that you don't have to give them everything the first time out, and that doesn't mean that you're not delivering exactly what they need. If we give them too much, and we see it over and over again, people go into overwhelm, and when you go into overwhelm, you do nothing, and what you've just created becomes shelf help and not self help that they really need to get the results that they're looking for, that's why they're doing it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you had your aha earlier when my aha was really, uh, I spent a lot of years doing corporate training and, uh, you know, week after week after week at different companies teaching uh, two and three day courses. And a number of times I got to the end of a course that I had taught and I was thinking to myself as I was sort of cleaning up the flip charts and putting everything away, I was thinking, wow, you know, that. That was okay, but that wasn't really my best. I've done better. And yet when the evaluations came in, all the students would would write on it. This is like one of the best courses I've ever had at this company. This is the most amazing course ever. And and so that was my aha, was that here I was, again, my own worst critic, critiquing on how that wasn't a good job that I had done. And yet my standards were so high that, that everybody in the course thought it was an amazing course. Um, so, again, you know, it's, it's a matter of when is it good enough. And I think you need to figure out when that is for you. But just sort of recognize that, you know, things could always be better. And it's a matter of when do you cut it off and start offering it, start making money with it and start improving people's lives with it, as opposed to just trying to make it better.
1: So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go to our Turn Knowledge to Profit radio page on Facebook and to share with us, how do you know when it's good enough? And if you're challenged with not getting into action of trying to make it perfect, let us know where you get stuck, because I think this is a really key conversation to have so that, as you said, Michael, you can actually get your work out there and start making a difference and changing lives. That's what it's all about. So remember, good enough. You've got to find what's good enough for you, but get your work out there and start making a difference.
2: You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.
0: Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.